Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Right now, join T-Mobile and get an unlimited family plan with Netflix included so you can watch in more places than ever before on your phone, tablet, or TV. Plus, buy one Samsung Galaxy S9 and get one free with 24 monthly bill credits so you and your family can binge your Netflix favorites on your new phones. Call 1-800-T-MOBILE or visit a store today. Unlimited data on their network. Video streams at 480p. Small fraction of customers using over 50 gigs per month may have reduced speeds. If you cancel balances due, well-qualified customers, full price, 720 plus tax. Finance agreements required. Netflix for two screens. Terms apply. Give me a break. That's what we're going to do, Michael. We're going to be like accountants now in baseball. Uh, was it the Pythagorean theorem? The Pythagorean theorem said that the Red Giants offensive line, that their record should be one in one. That's the Pythagorean theorem said that the Giants offensive line, that their record should be two and all. It's football. I've been watching it for 40 years. 40. 40 years. What's better than this? Guys being dudes here on the Draft Dudes Podcast. I'm Joe Marino of NDT Scouting and FanRag Sports, joined by Kyle Krabs, who is the founder and the director of NDT Scouting, also with FanRag Sports. We are your hosts here on this Monday edition of the show. It's a an important week here in this NFL landscape, in this NFL draft landscape, with the, I guess, legal tampering uh period starting at four o'clock eastern time on monday afternoon with the start of free agency officially beginning on wednesday and uh it's about to get crazy as if the weekend already wasn't crazy enough in the nfl kyle welcome to the show can we talk about how stupid the concept of quote legal tampering is (laughs) I feel like those are two very conflicting ideals, yet here we are. And this is an official phrase, Joe. This isn't even just like Mm -hmm. casual, like, this isn't like edge defender. Like somebody made up edge defender at some point, it's stuck. This is like, this is the official phrase for this window is the legal tampering period. (laughs) What's dumber though, Kyle? The, The phrase legal tampering or the fact that we capitalize all the letters in edge for no reason. No, it's because it's indicative of a title. That's why we capitalize it. Is it? I'm learning something. Tell me why we capitalize edge. I I do it, but I don't know why I do it. Because you set. There can be setting the edge. There is a designated 
edge defender on every play as far as run fits, but to designate the position of the person standing on the end of the line of scrimmage and playing that position, that is indicative of capitals edge versus okay. just, you know, you can be a, a, a spill linebacker that's stepping up into the line of scrimmage and, you know, you're at the edge defender. You're the last guy on the line of scrimmage, but to be the guy aligned there and play that position as a guy that can play stand up three, four or hand in the dirt four three, that's a capitals edge. Yeah. I don't, I don't, I'm not sure you answered the question. It's not like I spell out uh, safety with all caps, but we do it with S A F. SAF. No, but if you spell out safety, you if you were making a positional rankings chart, you would write guard and defensive tackle and linebacker, all normal. Edge, all caps, for whatever reason we do that. I don't know. Oh, we but, do all the other like it's it's an abbreviation, but there's it's not abbreviative of anything. It's indicative <laughs> of a hybrid position. This is not uh, hard, Joe. This I, I don't know. Hard. I don't know. I don't think you've convinced me as to why. I'm gonna keep doing Holy it. But Look, look, all right, let's move on here. We've, we've got, like we said here, legal tampering starts free agency Wednesday. Things are going to get shaken up here in this NFL draft. So what Kyle and I want to do here today on this Monday is look at this first round as we see it and talk about some of the prominent storylines and uh, and with the way things uh, could could shake out with some of the ideas and some of the teams that, that have some uh, – have some potential crazy things going on. So, Kyle, why don't you uh, get us started here with your first storyline when you look over this uh, NFL draft order as we speak? Yeah, before we get in the draft order, Joe, I'm going to put you on the spot here. Revenge is a dish oh. best served whole. Oh, wow. Wow. Okay. And here we are. Top of the show. You know, yep. you, you had a little layaway. You're, you're back. You're knocking the <laughs> rust off, and I'm putting you right on the spot, right All on the right. money. So, here we go. What is your lock? for a headline that happens today after 4 p.m. Legal tampering period opens. You're expecting to read the headline that blank player is going to sign with blank team. Kirk Cousins is going to sign with the Minnesota Vikings. Yes. That is a that's, lock. That's kind of boring, but I, somebody told me on Twitter that like this is all a big smoke screen and they're just trying to drive up the, the price yeah. for – like what? That's so unnecessary. No. <laughs> It's so unnecessary, especially because the teams. The price of what? Yeah, I don't know. It doesn't make any sense. The teams that were like rumored for Kirk Cousins have already thought about different avenues, right? Like Tyrod Taylor was traded, and Denver and Arizona were part of that mix. Like clearly, those teams aren't thinking about getting Kirk Cousins. Obviously, Tyrod Taylor is not one of the Browns. They're not going to have Tyrod Taylor and Kirk Cousins. The Jets are somewhat of an X factor. But I don't think that Kirk Cousins wants to go to the New York Jets and be part of that rebuilding process. He can go win and get paid with the Minnesota Vikings. If they're offering him three years, 91, all guaranteed, he's going to sign on that dotted line come Wednesday. We're going to hear about it on Monday afternoon. Yeah, uh, I, I felt like the the real contender for Cousins was Jacksonville. And they, they mm. extended Blake Bortles. <laughs> yes, they did. Whoops. Now, yes, the contract's somewhat team-friendly for Jacksonville, so we don't want to bang them yeah. too hard here. But, um, I mean, those two felt like a logical destination for a potential franchise quarterback, a guy that's had success as a starter at the NFL level. Entering free agency, uh, teams that had the dollar figures to sign him to big money, no whammy, and uh, – Jacksonville extends Blake Bortles. They they kind of held their hand, and, and Minnesota is going to reap the benefits of that. Joe, Isaiah Crowell is going to agree to sign with the Detroit Lions tomorrow. Okay. Or I guess tonight, today. I'm yeah. sorry, today. We're recording this around 1030 on Sunday. Um, 
Isaiah Crowell will agree with the Detroit Lions today after the legal tampering period. That's that is so, my hot hot take. And I think that's hotter than mine. I went with the very safe option there. And uh, Kyle, uh, insider Kyle, if that comes through, guys. Let's see if my sources do well for me. All right. Uh, yeah, going through this draft order right now. Joe, I don't understand where this became so hotly contested. Do the Browns take a quarterback at one, or do they take Saquon Barkley at one and take the quarterback at four? Dude, two weeks ago, you people were sitting here talking about Saquon Barkley like he was a second-round pick. And now it's, you can't take a quarterback at one. You you know, you got Tyrod Taylor. You have to take Saquon Barkley at one because you won't be there at four, and then you take the best available quarterback. I don't understand. Like, there's this... There's this bipolar consumerism about the draft and about players. It's like Orlando Brown. Orlando Brown Jr. two weeks ago was the most popular offensive lineman to be mocked in the top 15, and he comes out and he tests like dog crap, and all of a sudden he's like a lock for day three. I don't understand. Sorry, I'm going to step off the soapbox now, but it got me a little fired up, Joe. I don't understand. (laughs) So I'm looking at the Cleveland Browns here, and they've got one and four. Take your quarterback at one. Now, there, there's this debate and dilemma amongst Browns fans, and I don't know if it's because they've gotten spurned by some quarterback selections in the past or what, but you got to trust John Dorsey. You got to trust Elliot Wolf. You got to trust Scott McLuhan. These are the people that are around your franchise right now. They're highly respected individuals. So if they're going to make the decision to invest in a guy, trust them, but don't wait until four to do it. I get Saquon Barkley, and he is, in my eyes, is, is a generational talent. But you guys need to address the quarterback position. This thing's gone on long enough, and you got Tyrod Taylor as a one-year stopgap. He's got one year left on his contract, and you're paying him $16 million. He's going to take care of the football, but he's not going to win you any football games. He's not going to lose you any games, but he's not going to win you any games. You have to secure the future of the franchise. Enough of this passing on quarterbacks, Joe. Take one at one. Yeah, there's no question about that, Kyle. And I think things get interesting for Cleveland at four because I think at two and three, those are such intriguing spots. They're big-time trade-up destinations. You're looking at both Denver and the Jets need to get up and, and get their pick of their quarterback. The Miami Dolphins, you know, are they do they want to go oh, get well. Baker? Uh, what about yes. the what about the uh, the the Cardinals at fifteen? Literally no quarterback on the roster right now, Kyle. And then the Buffalo Bills and all of that draft capital capital sitting there at twenty one and twenty two. Are are those are those Saquon Bar- Barkley, Quentin Nelson, Bradley Chubb spots, or are those trade up spots for quarterbacks? And I think that's where it gets really interested. Interesting. I think if if those teams stay put. I think I like Barkley to the Giants. I like Quentin Nelson to the Colts. But ultimately, I think you're going to see some teams sliding up into those spots to get their quarterback. Which is wild because if I look at that, I don't know how the Giants justify not taking Josh Rosen. (laughs) I mean, that's just my point of view. I understand they're going to have their own assessment of the players. But you're the Giants. You are traditionally a franchise that that does very well and is consistent. Not the last three or four years, maybe. But the Giants traditionally are a team that that plays competitive football. You don't get many opportunities to pick in the top two with two potential franchise quarterbacks. So, Joe, you're telling me if you think at this juncture, if everybody stays put, you see quarterback at one, Saquon at two, Quentin Nelson at three? 
Yeah, I mean, I think that's certainly an option. Here's the thing about the Giants, right? They are a season removed from fielding a top five defense. And offensively, you think about improving the offensive line. You've got Odell Beckham, Sterling Shepard, Evan Ingram outside. Eli Manning is your trigger man and Saquon Barkley in the backfield. Can you get it done? I feel like they they're they're uh you know they're not as bad as the number two overall pick, right? I mean, just considering where they were just two seasons ago, uh, you got some hopefully some respectability with the coaching staff now in place. You get the offensive line right. You add Saquon. You got that defense that has been good. You got weapons. Can you can you compete with the Eagles? I think that they think they can. So from being a predictor. I think that they, okay. they're going to go with Saquon Barkley. Me as a as a team builder, as a, as a you know kind of looking at the bigger picture, yeah, I'm going to go ahead and get my quarterback right there of the future while I can. Yeah, it's an interesting point. Um, Giants, man, they need to do something with this offensive line, though. Mm-hmm. It's it's a hot mess. Uh, Colts, I think Colts are the premier trade trade down target here in the top five. It's because they need so much talent, Joe. I think this is the team Buffalo is going to have dialed in on the radar. So maybe we see Cleveland, Giants, Bills, Browns, Dolphins, top five. Get some quarterback action with some trade-ups. Yeah, so let's – You and I I teased this a little bit this afternoon. We spoke on the phone. Uh, Seems like there's a lot of smoke here for Buffalo going up and getting a quarterback and – you know, I'm I'm fairly confident right now with where it stands that Darnold's going to be the Browns' QB of choice. So if the Bills were to move up to three and they get their pick of the litter, Joe, who do you think that their their target is? And there's a little bit of smoke going on right now about Miami potentially getting aggressive. You know, they've been linked to Denver by by a couple of people, and and nothing real concrete at this point. But uh, Ben Albright, who who is Pretty well connected. Uh, he hits as about, about as well as anybody can as far as being an insider. Has now drawn Miami and Denver twice as far as a potential trade courtship taking place. Miami's been linked to Baker Mayfield. Mayfield's spoken openly about how uh, he met with Adam Gase and, and you know that personality matches a thing. So, Joe, my question for you is if Buffalo bumps up to, to three with Indianapolis, regardless of what it costs them to get there, you're going to yep. assume it's going to take 22, 21-22 a day two pick, and probably a future pick, at least. Uh, who who do you foresee being the, the choice there if Buffalo does bump up, gets aggressive, goes in the top five? Yeah, you think on the field, you think it's probably Josh Rosen, just on what he can do and, and the quarterbacks that Brian Dables had on offense before uh, being kind of those pure pocket guys. And so that's on the field where I think the best marriage would be. You know, I I do get concerned with how Brandon McBean, Brandon McBean, Brandon Bean, and Sean McDermott um, will mesh with Josh Rosen's personality. And you know, those are both very devout religious men. Um, and uh, just just to put it out there, I mean, Josh Rosen is an atheist, and so you know, is that something that is going to mesh? I don't think it should matter. I know that youth don't think it should matter, but. Yeah, these are real people. These are decisions. These are things they have to have to consider. Um, I don't know that Baker Mayfield is going to be a fit for Buffalo because, I mean, we know that Buffalo likes their Boy Scouts, right? And so Baker's uh, Baker's personality probably not going to be a great mesh. The other guy's Josh Allen, and, and uh, you can see, 
you know, both those guys, both Sean McDermott and Brandon Bean, they're in the positions that they are in their careers right now because of Cam Newton and a player that has the physical ability with his arm that's similar to Cam Newton is Josh Allen. Cam Newton's a better athlete than Josh Allen, but, you know, that big rocket arm quarterback that can make plays with his feet, Josh Allen, Cam Newton, Brandon Bean, Sean McDermott. I mean, I do have a legitimate fear that Buffalo likes Josh Allen. We'll find out. <laughs> I, look, I'm preparing a myself, Kyle. Fear. A legitimate fear. I have a legitimate fear. Like Josh yeah, Allen. I think it's rooted in some some sound reasoning. I'm preparing myself mentally as a Bills fan to, to deal with this. But uh, my hope is Josh Rosen. I can see why it makes sense. But uh, there's a um, there's a part of me that thinks Buffalo likes Josh Allen, but we'll find out. You've reached the High Fashion Hotline. Hi, my family's going to a concert in the park, and we want our style to be the main attraction. Rock over to Old Navy. Old Navy? Yep, right now get up to 50% off jeans from 15 bucks for adults, 10 bucks for kids at Old Navy and OldNavy.com. Up to 50% off jeans for the family? That's music to my ears. Plus, now you can get in and out of the store in a flash with buy online, pick up in store. It's fun, fast, and free. Styles that take center stage and free pick up in store when I buy online? Old Navy, here we come. High Fashion, Old Navy. Valid 720 to 729, select styles only. Joe, I'm, I'm having a bit of a hard time with something. We've seen historically what the NFL feels about undersized corners, correct? Yeah. We've seen yeah. guys like Jason Verrett that, that, that go late in the 20s because of his size. And then he has durability issues when he gets here. So, you know, maybe medicals were a big part of that. But you see a big trend in the NFL right now looking for big corners, One of this year's top corners is Denzel Ward from Ohio State, who is literally anything but a big corner. He came into the combine at 183. He ran 4-3-2, so this dude blazed a 40 time. But my question is, did you cut weight to run 4-3-2? And if so, why? (laughs) Because the league's going to be more concerned with your weight at 183 than it's going to be if you came in – at 191 and ran 4-4 flat, right? Yeah. So I'm looking through the draft order right now, and I did a mock draft, and I actually had Denzel Ward. Uh, I'd never never found a spot for him. Now, that's not to say that I don't think he's talented enough to go in the first round because I really like Denzel Ward. He's tied for my top corner in the class. If you guys listen to Draft Dudes on Saturday – that was something I covered was my top two at every position. And Denzel Ward is tied for my top corner in the class. But, Joe, I'm looking through here. I'm looking at scheme fits for, for teams that need corners. And I'm not sure that I necessarily see that home run fit for a team that needs a corner that's going to jump and bite at the opportunity mm-hmm. to take a smaller guy in Denzel Ward. So I'm curious. I'm going to ask you for your opinion. Uh, are there any teams that you see – that you feel like would be a good fit for Denzel Ward. I mean, I thought L.A. Rams would have been a good choice, and then they got super aggressive and went out and got Marcus Peters to replace uh, Tremaine Johnson. So so they're out of the mix. Uh, Atlanta's a team that, that I could maybe justify, but they've got other needs on the roster. Pittsburgh already burns, but he doesn't really fit their stereotype for corners that they like. New England likes press man guys. Denzel kind of gets bullied if he's trying to play on your hip pocket. I just I just don't know, Joe. I don't know. 
Yeah, I, I, my mock draft that I did for NDT scouting on Thursday was really difficult for me to slot the corners. I wind up, I wound up putting him with uh, with Green Bay at fourteen. But uh, if you if you look at if you follow the big big media guys, I mean Denzel Ward is a staple in their top tens and, and um, both in the mock drafts and in the positional rankings. What's difficult for me about Ward is that, like you said, he's one eighty three. He'd have been better off checking in at one ninety and running four four. But yep. uh, here's the thing is, do you really think that he's going to be able to take away Mike Evans or Julio Jones or A.J. Green as a number one corner? That's that's what you need. To me, if I'm taking a corner in the top 15, top 10, you better be able to stack up with those guys. And, I mean, he's 40 pounds less than those guys. I just don't know if that's going to be realistic. He's a damn good football player. He can cover, man. He, and, he's, and he's pretty physical for his size. He just – he just won't be able to match up with those guys. So, yeah, very difficult to slot him. Uh, Green Bay was this place that I thought was was an o- option. Um, I mean, there's a ton of teams that can use corners, but you like to think that this is a potential player that could fall. We'll, we'll find out. Uh, you, you know, Carolina needs a corner at 24. They basically just gave away Daryl Worley to, to get Torrey Smith. They don't have anybody really slated to play opposite of James Bradbury and Corn Elder is about the only other guy on the roster. So they're, they're a possibility, but um, yeah, he's a really difficult player to slot. Seems like he's going to go high, but uh, you show me where, and it's, it, it's certainly going to be tough to figure that out. Yeah. I mean, some of the teams that you see slated um, Tampa Bay, I know is a team regularly slated, um, from what I understand, Tampa has other interests. Uh, Tampa's looking to, to beep up the line of scrimmages a little bit, which rightfully so. You know, if you're Tampa Bay and you know, there's 0% chance, although, Joe, this is an interesting kind of pivot point here. We're talking about Tampa Bay beefing up the line of scrimmage. So they got no expense at defensive end. In this scenario where you're, you talked a little bit earlier about Cleveland going quarterback, Giants, and Colts going Barkley and Nelson. Browns, hey, maybe they take Minka Fitzpatrick, try and look mm-hmm. look to get uh, Jabril Peppers out of that deep safety role where he's playing about 30 yards off the ball. Uh, so now you got Denver and the Jets. Are either of those guys taking Bradley Chubb in that scenario? Oh, yeah. I mean, they should. <laughs> they should. Bradley Chubb, I mean, it's crazy to think about him sliding to this point, but – I mean, there's a realistic possibility that it, that he could, and I mean, both teams could desperately use some edge rushers. So, yeah, I mean, I think that'd but, be a but dream. There's there's, but there's quarterbacks on the board here. That's my point. Which one? Denver and Jets oh. both need quarterbacks in this scenario where we're talking about Cleveland taking, say, Darnold, Giants and Colts taking Barkley and and Nelson, and then say Cleveland goes make a Fitzpatrick again. You've got Denver and Jets are the next two on the board, and they've got you. You're sitting here staring quarterbacks in the face. Yeah. So that in that scenario, I'm sorry, I kind of misunderstood you to begin with. And and, and I was thinking that you were saying that those teams traded up and, and those quarterbacks were gone. Yeah. No, Denver and Jets got to take quarterbacks, and so that puts Bradley Chubb, the ultimate dream scenario for Tampa Bay at seven, yeah. right yeah. into their pocket. That's, I mean, that's a really fast because that's not something we regularly talk. I mean, yeah. Chubb is such a popular pick to go to Colts right now, and you you can't be mad if the Colts choose to go that direction, and I wouldn't be mad if they choose to go Quinn Nelson either. Yeah, but you know, it, with, there's a lot of assumption right now. Bradley Chubb, a top five player, but 
Joe, if what you had mentioned earlier as a scenario plays out where Giants and Colts opt to go a different direction and flesh out other positions on their roster and, and take the best talent instead of taking strictly a position of need, uh, Denver and Jets become handcuffed where you got to take quarterbacks. And that would be like the utopian situation for Tampa Bay to see a guy like Bradley Chubb fall. And now you got Chubb and Noah Spence next to one another as pass rushers. That could be a really fun combo. And I think that's a, this movement, you're going to have to see movement here in the top five. If Tampa bit like Tampa Bay is probably sitting back, hoping and praying that Bradley Chubb endures this fall, quote unquote, fall to seven. Uh, so they they got to hope that this draft order stays stagnant if that's going to happen for them. Kyle, one fascinating thing for me in this first round is Chicago at eight, Baltimore at 16. Even care. Well, maybe not Carolina. Let's keep it to those two teams. Receiver. They need them yeah. big. Those guys need weapons. Chicago, I mean, Mitch Trubisky has literally me and you catching footballs from him. You know, he, I like to think that we could be upgraded in that part, that department. I mean, Joe Flacco, I mean, we got they got to surround him. They're stuck with Flacco. They got to give him some guys to throw the football to. I mean, are we going to see receivers go to these teams? Probably more likely Baltimore than than Chicago. But who's going to be the team that says? That, that pounds a table for a guy that they think can be, you know, the focal point of their passing game. It, it, or, or does it not happen at all in the first round? Where do you see these receivers going? I think oh, this is a great point. I think Chicago is a prime spot for Tremaine Edmonds or Roquan Smith. I think they're just as likely to go linebackers. They are anything else. They've cut starting linebackers. They've cut starting rush to rush players. So Chicago has created space for themselves on the second level of the defense. And if you put one and two together and you look at the talent in this draft, for me personally, Tremaine and Roquan are two of the top 15 players in this class. So if they come away from their assessments and they feel like those are guys that would be well served playing and starting on their defense, I'm not going to argue with Chicago, especially because I don't think there's a first round wide receiver that fits the bill here in the top 10, which San Francisco is another team that would love to have a first round wide receiver, but it's, it's just not there. Don't force it. Baltimore. I think maybe you get into the conversation. I think an interesting team though, is Dallas, depending on what defensive linemen are there for Dallas. Uh, they could be a team, you know, Des Bryant's getting up there. He's getting long in the tooth. Uh, you know, they, they invested a, a middle-round pick in Ryan Switzer last year. They got Cole Beasley, who's uh, also getting older as well. And Terrence Williams, like, is Terrence, Terrence Williams has been, like, the worst number two wide receiver in the NFL for, like, a long time. He's just not, he's not a great <laughs> football player. But they can't get rid of him. So if, if I'm Dallas, I'm looking hard at if Cortland Sutton's on the board. I'm looking hard if DJ Moore or Calvin Ridley's on the board, depending on what their preference is, if they want an X or a Z, or a guy that can play Z and slot and be a hybrid guy. So I would say Baltimore's a really likely destination for a wide receiver, but Dallas is kind of like a sneaky team here in the top 20 that, that I could see personally going with wide receiver. Yeah, it's going to be such an interesting contrast for these teams to say, okay, we can get the number one guy, the, the best receiver we think, or we can wait because there's a lot of guys that are worthy of day two picks, improve the roster elsewhere, 
but overlook that primary need. And so I think all of these teams should should definitely just take the best player available. I mean, you think about Chicago at eight, you can get a Roquan or a Tremaine Edmonds and, and then come around to the second round and, and get get a good receiver. More so than a Calvin Ridley or a Cortland Sutton in the top ten and then, you know, settling for whoever falls to you in the second round at other positions. So it's gonna be really interesting because Somebody is going to take the first one, <laughs> and who's it going to be? I think that's quite an interesting storyline here as we uh, head into free agency. Oh, for sure. And, you know, it's interesting, Joe. I've been able to flesh out my personal rankings for the wide receivers. I have no first-round grades at the wide receiver position. I have five receivers with second-round grades, and I have five receivers with third-round grades. So – there's going to be opportunities, especially if you're picking in the, the first 10 picks of the second round. I think that's a really sweet spot for a team like Chicago and San Francisco uh, to be in position to potentially land a wide receiver uh, if they get back around the horn into the second round. Although San Francisco, sorry, I'm going to correct myself here. San Francisco does not have their second round pick. They traded to the New England Patriots. Uh for Jimmy Garoppolo. So that's not going to happen. Chicago. I think that's a sweet spot to make some, some money for a wide receiver there, Joe. Kyle, what about Harold Landry? You know, I think, I think he's probably perceived as the second best edge rusher in this class. Mm -hmm. Pass rush is at a premium, but who's going to, who's going to, who's going to pull the trigger? Yeah. He's a little, we talked about him, I think last week at some point where I talked about how he's, He's kind of a one-trick speed rusher and needs to develop the rest of his game. But is he going in the first round? And if so, where do you where do you think his uh, his destinations could uh, be? I think he's definitely going in the first round. It's a question of you know who who needs boundary pass rushers. License. Who doesn't need boundary yeah. pass rushers? Well, I mean, here's here's the deal. Like Green Bay is a team that needs stand up outside linebackers, and I think Harold Landry would be a terrific fit there. But from what I understand, they've got their eyes set on the back seven instead of a guy to play at the line of scrimmage. And that's kind of where their eyes are at for where they want to improve their defense right now. And this coming from, from two separate people I spoke to at the NFL Combine a couple weeks ago. So, again, my job is not to be a reporter, so I'm not necessarily holding out on you guys. It's just... I'm not interested in playing the he said, she said, hearsay and, you know, sources and being wrong and having you guys give me a hard time about that. So it's just I'm, I'm trying to use the information that I get to shape my opinion. So that's how I'm going to frame this and say Green Bay back seven is where they've got their eyes on a couple of players. I could see. Yes, yeah, it's interesting because, you know, you click through. You can't justify Harold Lane in the top 10, right? Like I, I just I, I I don't see a fit. All right. like Green Bay was a team that felt like it made a lot of sense, but for one, I understand they want to go a different direction. Uh, you get into the the, the early twenties, a team like the Rams, they just traded Robert Quinn. Carolina could probably use an outside pass rusher. They're getting a little old outside. Uh, Tennessee, somebody to replace Derek Morgan. Now though those. That that mid twenties is where I think a really sweet spot is for Harold Landry. Don't ask me to pick the team, but I'll tell you the range. Joe. <laughs> well, yeah, New Orleans even you know they could yeah. use a guy 
uh, opposite of Cam Jordan to uh, to be that counterpart. So yeah, I think I think his destination right there, his 23, 24, 25, 27, that's the Rams Cardinal or Rams Panthers, Titans and Saints where I think he'll ultimately come off the board, but um it's interesting because pass rush is at such a premium and, and he's kind of the number two guy and, and it's uh, quite the drop off because I think, you know, we're not going to see Bradley Chubb get past seven and then, you know, no pass rushers until then, unless, you know, Marcus Davenport comes into play and somebody uh, takes the cheese on his length. So I don't, <laughs> we'll see on that one. Jill, one more parting thought for you before we wrap this up. Who right now is somebody – that you could see sneaking into, say, the top 10, top 12, that is not generally considered a consensus player. Somebody that you could see a perfect storm of, whether it's scheme fit or team need or just you know something along those lines that's going to coax a team to you know, make a jump. I am. I, I have one, but I'm going to need to go back to 15. So I That's need a little, good. little latitude here. All right. This is this is pretty hot. This is pretty hot. Maybe not for some people, but to me, this is. I think Arizona number 15. Don't talk about Mason Rudolph as a first round guy. Stop it. But look, Kyle, there have been lesser quarterback prospects that have gone higher than 15 than Mason Rudolph, Christian Ponder, Blaine Gabbert, uh, Jake Locker. All right, the NFL's the NFL is willing to do it. They are willing to pull the trigger way early on quarterbacks. And Arizona sitting there with literally nobody on the roster. You know, looking at guys like Josh McGown as a bridge quarterback or AJ McCarron. AJ McCarron. Yeah, these are the guys that they're looking for. You've got year 1 of Steve Wilkes. So you know you got time, right? Nobody's getting fired next year. Do you do you get a a quarterback like that, do you maybe make a, a run at Nick Foles? Yes. And get Mason Rudolph waiting in the wings, give him a chance to pair with Mike McCoy, who's done a good job of adjusting his scheme to his his quarterbacks. He's got West Coast roots. He's got Coriel roots. So, you know, he's got a lot of diversity in the stuff that he can do. And give Mason Rudolph some time to step in and, and be – be their guy. Look, I'm saying you gave me, you asked me for a hot take, a marriage, a possibility, a guy we're not talking about going this high. I think that's a, that's certainly a possibility. Mason Rudolph, 15 to Arizona. Joseph, my pants are aflame right now. That's how hot that take was. <laughs> Is there a SpongeBob meme no, for this? There's got to be, right? Is that? SpongeBob's gone there. I don't know when uh, I became the resident SpongeBob guy. I just think the Patrick Star meme is hilarious. That's the, that's the only I, thing I'm just, guilty. Of. I just want to know what it means because I've seen it used for so many different things. I'm like, all right, what is the what's the that's, desired? Like, that is the point. That's the appeal. Oh, okay. well, it's a versatile. It's meme. working. It's a five tool <laughs> meme. You can use it for anything. <laughs> Man, um, you know, uh, Joe. Do you speaking of Arizona? You know who went to school in okay. Arizona? Uh, John Owning. Not oh, yeah, John Owning did go to school in Arizona. <laughs> Uh, Nick Foles went to the University of Arizona. Nick Foles is also reportedly on the trade block if they find a suitable marriage. Because the Eagles, from what I understand, they you know they love to get more draft capital. 
but they also don't want to hang Nikki six high and dry and send him somewhere where he doesn't want to go. I can't think of a better place for Nikki six to go than go back to where he had his college years at Arizona. So you had mentioned Foles as a potential trade target for Nick Foles team that has nobody on the roster. Joe, you can flip a day two pick to the Philadelphia Eagles and secure Nick Foles for another year for backup money, and he can be your starter, or you can sign A.J. McCarron to 16 to $17 million a year. What are you doing? <laughs> oh, I know what I'm doing. You're, tra- you're <laughs> trading that pick faster than you can blink, right? If it's an either-or scenario, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, listen, what else are they going to do? Like, you had mentioned Mason Rudolph. You know, maybe Mason Rudolph is in the cards for them, but that 15's rich, like really rich. So for me, I'd love to see Arizona say, hey, Philly, you want a second-round pick for Nick Foles? Send him back home. We'll put him up in his old frat house, whatever. Like, we'll set him up. And Nick's going to say, sign me up, baby. I had good times there in Arizona. So that's kind of – I would love to see Arizona make a play for Nick Foles. You get him – relatively on the cheap things go well you can extend him to starter money it's a place that he's somewhat familiar with because he went to school out in that area that general area i've been to arizona i've been to to arizona state and uh uh, the cardinals do not play far from arizona state and uh it's it's about an hour and 10 minutes up the road so you know nick's at least somewhat familiar with the area And, and i think that for me is a quarterback solution that i would love to see come to pass because it makes sense in a lot of different ways and a lot of different layers. Joe, before we leave the people, we have an announcement to make. Speaking of Arizona, would you like to let the people know what our plans are for this this April? Yeah, yeah. So if you enjoyed the live broadcast that Kyle and I did along with John Owning, we're doing it again. Live NFL draft broadcast with analysis from – Kyle and I, and John Owning, and a few others. Again, this year, Friday, Saturday, or excuse me, Thursday, Friday, giving you all kinds of video content and a a lot of video content in the buildup and the aftermath of the NFL draft. So you will be seeing a much more expanded multimedia content presentation from Kyle and I starting in a couple of weeks through the end of May. So... Hope you like seeing our faces because you're going to see them a yeah, lot. We've uh, we got faces for radio, but that's all right. This is uh, we, we were excited <laughs> to get the call from Fan Rag and say, hey, you know, do you, do you guys want to come to to Phoenix again and do the draft show yet again? And you know, they've done a great job putting together an itinerary for us and uh, an opportunity to really maximize on the build up to the NFL draft this year. So we're super stoked to you know, to bring you guys. Uh, wall-to-wall coverage from not just a written content in NDT scouting, not just an audio content here on Draft Dudes, but also a video piece as well. You know, and complement what we did last year with the live stream and the videos that came from that, and do a build-up, a pre-draft series, a post-draft series, and, and just really break this thing down as much as humanly possible. So that's something you guys can look forward to. We're really excited to bring that to you guys. But that is going to do it for us today here on the show. We'd like to thank each and every one of you for taking time out of your 
Legal Tampering Monday to spend some time with us talking about the NFL draft and, and some of the impl- uh, implications of some of the moves you may see over the course of the next week or two on the NFL draft itself. Obviously, a lot of big moves yet to be made. Uh, so this is all kind of a fluid process, but that's why you got to hit that subscribe button and stay with us throughout this entire fluid process because we will break down all the moves and what they mean for the teams that you love going forward. So make sure you hit that subscribe button. If you like the show, please feel free to leave us that five-star review. We love five-star reviews here on Draft Dudes. If you have any feedback for us on the show, things you'd like to hear us talk about, uh, reactions to things that we have spoke about, you can reach us on Twitter. Joe is at the Joe Marino. I am at NDT Scouting. This is Kyle Krabs signing off with Joe Marino. We'll catch up with you all on Wednesday. And thanks for listening to the Draft Dudes Podcast. Right now, join T-Mobile and get an unlimited family plan with Netflix included so you can watch in more places than ever before on your phone, tablet, or TV. Plus, buy one Samsung Galaxy S9 and get one free with 24 monthly bill credits so you and your family can binge your Netflix favorites on your new phones. Call 1-800-T-MOBILE or visit a store today. Unlimited data on their network. Video streams at 480p. Small fraction of customers using over 50 gigs per month may have reduced speeds. If you cancel balances due, well-qualified customers, full price, 720 plus tax. Finance agreements required. Netflix for two screens. Terms apply. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.